Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Welcome to SEM Synergy. I'm your host this week, Mindy Weinstein. I'm the Director of Training at Bruce Clay Incorporated. This is our weekly digital marketing podcast. Now, today we're going to do something a little bit different, and we're going to take a look back at some of our hot topics in 2015. These were things that we talked about on SEM Synergy that were very thought-provoking, and they were also some of the most popular topics and downloads of the year. So first, you will get to hear the information-packed conversation that featured our very own Vice President of Search Marketing Operations, David Satella, and he talks about Google's updated definition of conversions that occurred earlier this year. So this last fall, Google redefined conversions and paid search. So listen as Bruce Clay, content manager of Virginia Nussie, and David talk about this great topic. As April 21st approaches, which is the flag in the ground from Google about when mobile-friendly is going to be important, the last thing you want to do is do things wrong. So today's show is actually talking about all of those mistakes. Google, on the uh, developer blog this week, actually published um, seven common mistakes to avoid. So, you know, when Google says that we want you to be ready for that switch on April 21st, and here are the most common things that uh, we see, common mistakes we see with mobile websites, um, it's, a, it's a great little resource right there. Absolutely. And, you know, the first one on their list, uh, no mistake, by the way, that this is first, uh, has to do with blocked resources, blocked JavaScript, CSS, and image files. And uh, by having those things blocked, obviously, it is harder for Google to properly render pages to see exactly uh, what elements are going into the mobile page and the mobile friendliness of the page that you're designing. Uh, and it is uh, really something that they're uh, spending a lot more time and energy talking about. Uh, going so far on the desktop side of things in some instances, apparently anyways, to penalize a site that is blocking too many of their resources uh, from being indexed, uh, especially the ones that change the purpose of a page. Uh, but certainly on the mobile side of things, uh, you know, their mandate is clear. Make sure that uh, they can uh, crawl and uh, itemize and index all of the parts that go into making that mobile page uh, viewable the way it should be. Now, remember that in a responsive world, Google is accepting the fact that for that platform, we are basically personalizing the web page to the platform. Absolutely. I mean, personalization is a big part of this. Uh, the entire navigation becomes a drop-down list. Uh, the buttons have to be big enough for your thumb. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that Google cares about that really is take my website and personalize it for a platform. Sure. That's a big part of where Google requires you to do. Uh, I would say if you block JavaScript, CSS, block images, um, that's a little bit different from having one that says, hi, this is for mobile, this is for desktop, things like that. And there's you know, the revisit option. 
Uh, when people come back on a mobile device, if you know they like a specific part of your site, service them. That's pretty straightforward. Absolutely. And yeah, there, there's definitely uh, certainly room uh, to uh, create a personalized experience uh, for your uh, shoppers or for your visitors, certainly, uh, and making sure that that mobile experience is at the forefront of, uh, you know, uh, the, the elements that would most likely enhance a mobile experience be kind of at the forefront of uh, how you render those pages and how you serve up that content. Um, so that all makes perfect sense. Well, Google's really big on the war path of user-friendly. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't have focused on mobile-friendly. They haven't at all let up on what they say at conferences about, you know, write for your user, you know, customize by user even. Uh, personalization is really, really big. Uh, Google is personalizing all the time, even their search results. I mean, web history personalizes search results on the fly. Uh, mobile search is different from desktop search. I mean, all of this is personalization. And I see that the preferred way Google wants everybody to go is in personalization. Understand your user and present something that user can use. How about right, and I think that's part of it for Google is, I mean, they understand that, I mean, they know the trends. They know that the mobile search environment is just getting stronger and stronger. So going to personalization, Google has to be able to give their users, the people who come to them and search, a good mobile experience, too. And I think that's, in my opinion, that's why they're putting so much pressure on everyone and why they're giving us, I mean, think about it. This is the first time they've been very specific with us. We have a date, April 21st. We have a list, you know, the common mistakes. We have tools that they're giving us where we can test mobile friendliness. They want this to happen, and they want it to happen the right way with websites. I mean, I think that is a huge signal for all of us, too, but... Google wants to help the user experience for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the list, as we go through the list here of the seven common mistakes, um, a, a lot of them are you know, kind of technical considerations. We talked about block JavaScript, CSS, and image files. Um, things like faulty redirects, uh, mobile-only 404s, slow mobile pages. These are all kind of best practice, uh, technical kind of aspects that you want to make sure that you've addressed properly. Uh, faulty redirects being a huge one, right? Google hates it when you redirect a user to the home page, for instance, if a mobile page isn't available from the SERP. Uh, they've gone so far as to basically remove your link from the SERP itself and and uh, give you a special annotation that lets the user know, you know, that this uh, click is going to redirect to a homepage. Are you sure you still want to go through with the visit to this site? I saw that for the first time this weekend. It said, this link may redirect to the homepage. Are you sure you still want to go? Right. Exactly, which is, you know, unheard of, right? think about it, huh? Yeah, well, you know, Google rarely says, I mean, aside from malware and hacked sites, you know, to basically give you, uh, basically discourage you from visiting a, a, one, of right. the, one of the ranking pages. I mean, talk about, a, you know, a, a bad signal and, you know, something that's going to clearly affect uh, click-through rate and conversion rate. I mean, that's the worst you can do. I think... Uh, I think you're right, and I think that that's just the tip of the iceberg. That message is only one of the messages that this list. Why don't I read the list for the listeners, yeah, just, just so you know? know. Yeah, we have uh, one of them is block JavaScript, CSS, and images. So you don't want to do that. The second was unplayable content. So if you have audio or video or anything, it it should work. Flash that would be good. 
Um, yeah, flash might be a problem on some phones, but yeah, it has to be playable. Uh, faulty redirects, uh, case in point, I'm on a mobile device. I don't have a comparable mobile page. So do I show the desktop page or do I redirect them to the home page? Yeah. I mean, things like that are a problem. Mobile only 404s, which is I have a desktop, it redirected the mobile, but it doesn't exist. Uh, app, download, interstitials. Um, that's something that Google wants you to avoid on your mobile device. And not to interrupt your reading of the list, but I think this one stands out where, Rob, you mentioned that a lot of these items are very technical SEO. This is a marketing practice. This is saying, we have this app and it has a different experience and we think it's probably a better experience for you on mobile. Do you want to download the app or continue to the website? And um, that's kind of a marketing choice, right? Like, I think in the next segment we'll talk about apps, but if I'm looking at a Yelp result, I might want to download that app. And Google's saying, no, that's a bad user experience. That's a judgment call, in my opinion. Well, they consider it a mobile mistake. I don't know that they actually said it was a bad user experience. They just don't want it. Hmm. Uh, number six is irrelevant crosslinks. And folks, this goes back to you know web design 101. Have a clear hierarchy is is the fundamental Google premise in web design. Have a clear theme where we know what you're talking about and we know you're a subject matter expert. If you're not going to do that, you got a problem. Irrelevant crosslinks really distract them from understanding what you're about, especially in a responsive environment where you may be uh, content constrained. And the last one is the slowness of mobile pages. Those are the seven items. So if you're going to pay attention to really improving it, JavaScript, unplayable, faulty redirects, 404s, uh, app interstitials, irrelevant crosslinks, and, and speed. Those are the things to pay attention to. Sure. And, and, you know, the app interstitials, from Google's perspective now, whenever you click on a result from their SERP, their expectation is that the user is going to get served the content that they would expect from clicking on that link. And that's where the app interstitials come into play, right? If you, instead of getting served up what you, what the pro, what the link promised you would get served, you instead get a, a screen that says, hey, download our app before they forward you on to what you were looking for, that's a bad user experience, right? That's the type of thing that Google is going to penalize uh, because in all instances, they want to make sure that their search results are the best possible. And you're, you're clicking with the intention of seeing certain content, and you should get it on the other end. It shouldn't be interrupted by that, uh, these other types of things. I think splash pages and pop-ups are different. Um, now, they're really annoying on mobile devices, but that's besides the point, right? But when you go to uh, – the if, if you get served the proper page and the content that you expected to see is there, especially like for an article, and this happens sometimes. You'll, you'll click on an article and you end up on this landing page that basically is promoting uh, the download of an app as opposed to actually getting the content that you were expecting to see. I mean, nothing's more annoying than that. That's the type of thing that Google is really going to start to crack down on and I imagine start to demote those sites and rankings eventually uh, if they consistently and do it too often. I know personally if I'm looking for something on my phone and I get one of those instances where it asks me to download an app, I'm not going to download it. I'm probably in my car or something. I go back to the SERP and choose a different result. So 
that's something to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the last one here also, the slow mobile pages, speed is such a huge issue for mobile, but it's important to realize that Google's okay with the bottom half of a page taking longer to load. They What they ask for is the top of the fold, the thing that comes up first on your mobile device, be loaded in under a second. Sub-second is what they called it, sub-second loading. Uh, and that's their recommendation for mobile devices. So if you can structure your mobile site so that that top of fold section is loaded right when you click on the result, um, Google is okay with the rest of the page taking a little bit longer to fill in. Uh, it's totally acceptable. So really when you talk about slow mobile pages, that first view is what's most important. So you're saying well, we shouldn't run Google mind. Analytics. <laughs> Maybe just run it a little well, bit One thing lower. I want to add to that, though, like, I mean, I, conversion rate and load time, because there's been a lot of studies on that. And I agree, I mean, everything you said, Rob, is right on, and, and I agree with what Google's telling us. But, you know, the average person, is, I'm just looking at a chart right now, once you hit four seconds, the conversion rate drops significantly, even from three seconds and two seconds, which is logical, but you think, okay, a second, the mobile experience, that becomes an issue. Someone is going to click on the back button and go to the next site. I mean, as we get more and more accustomed to mobile searches, which we all are, our attention span and what we're willing to tolerate is just decreasing. So, I mean, that's something you have to consider is, yes, on the side, of course, the analytics when you make sure things um, above the fold render quickly, but just in general, your load time is going to impact conversion. Well, uh, let me take it one step farther from the standpoint of futures research, which is something we do a lot here, um, it's only a matter of time until I'm talking to a search engine on my refrigerator, my microwave, my stove, my furnace, my air conditioner, my lights, my watering system. Uh, we, we know in a few years home automation is going to be massive, and it's all going to be probably voice-activated, I would imagine, and it's all going to be this kind of stuff. You can't redirect your refrigerator. <laughs> you probably should try not to. So I would imagine a lot of this stuff is going to be an interface that is bigger than a mobile device. I think really Google is already Google planning. Like for talking to ourselves. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, actually, I think this ties into apps. And apps and mobile websites uh, are very complementary. You know, it's kind of how you interact with the Internet. Um, I think that the Internet of Things will be using apps in order to interface with our house and that kind of thing. You were just listening to a previous segment featuring Bruce, Virginia, and David. When we return, we will revisit one of our other great segments on mobile SEO. How could we have a best of this year without addressing mobile SEO? So stay tuned because we have more SEM Synergy coming up. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. 
Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Mindy Weinstein, your host today. Now we're doing something, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, that's a little bit different. We're doing best ofs from 2015, and these were some of our greatest segments. How can we have a best ofs without talking about mobile SEO? I mean, mobile getting occurred in April, and it was the big buzz of the year. So continue listening for our recap about Google's big mobile update, and specifically some big mistakes you want to avoid with your mobile SEO. Uh, Right now with uh, David here, let's talk about the uh, change in AdWords and how they're redefining the word conversions. Okay, I'll set it up real quick as background. In mid-October, AdWords will be changing the conversions column and reporting to only include optimized conversion actions um, where before it was a little more broad. Maybe, Dave, you could fill us in. Let's uh, use a few different words, macro conversions and micro conversions. So it's not unusual for an advertiser to uh, measure different events as conversions. Uh, A micro conversion would be a a conversion that isn't really that important uh, compared to a macro conversion. So a micro-conversion might be uh, watching a webinar or uh, downloading a white paper, whereas a, micro, a macro-conversion would be a sale or a filled-out lead sheet. Really, the, the conversion type that the advertiser is most interested in and uh, wants to optimize by. And optimize, in this sense, uh, means take advantage of Google's built-in conversion Optimizer. Actually, there are a couple different conversion optimization did uh, automation tools within Google AdWords. So logically, 
the advertiser would set up a uh, bidding rule, like uh, uh, bidding to the CPA target, and um, want to associate that uh, bidding target with the most important conversion. Well, right now they can't do that because they're, they're counting maybe five different conversions, and they just get a, this lump sum of conversions, and they can't isolate the macro conversion, the, the king of the jungle conversion, and uh, optimize just for that. I don't think this is going to be too hard for advertisers to get used to. Um, and I think it will also help advertisers uh, get used to and trust a little bit more Google's automated bid management. You know, it's sitting there, it's good, it works, and uh, it deserves to be paid more attention to. So you like the change? Yeah, I like it a lot. You know, it, it's, it really saves time. I mean, my best practice before this was measure the micro-conversions with Google Analytics and measure the most important conversion with AdWords. So basically, you only have one important um, conversion, uh, and everything else is measured in analytics. That forces the advertiser to bop back and forth between AdWords and analytics and maybe pull together reports that have to be manually stitched together, that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I love it. Can't wait. Does that mean that, like, starting in October when this change is in effect, that you can't really compare year-over-year -year conversion data? Because it's a different... Uh, it's a different... Well, you'll still be able to. I, I, it doesn't say so in the article that I read, but I'm assuming that um, the advertiser will be able to report on all the different kinds of conversions. Uh, in other words, they can have a, com a column for the type of conversion, which is watch a webinar. They can have another column for type of conversion, which is download a, a white paper. But certainly so, that is... I, so that is a go-forward kind of a reporting mechanism as opposed to being able to look at last year and have all of it reclassified if you weren't tracking it then. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Okay, well, so I guess, um, I guess this is a good thing once the adjustment is made, sounds like. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, here's an SEO topic that I thought I would bring to the table because... Um, we just interviewed Eric Anga, who many of you probably know as um, Stone Temple um, Consulting and um, somebody who studies direct answers, which is when Google tries to tell us the answer straight on the results page without linking to a result. So direct answers, those seem to be growing in frequency. In February, um, a study that they did uh, showed that 19% of queries showed direct answers. And then this most recent study we just learned uncovered that 27% of, of queries show direct answers. Direct answers are a bit of a, a complex issue in SEO, um, whether it means Google is taking away traffic or is it something that you optimize for and try to be the result that's the direct answer? What does the increase in direct answers mean for you, Bruce? Well, I think that it really depends on the media, but uh, a direct answer is where there are so many sites making the same statement that Google believes it's true, and the most authoritative site is the one that gets quoted for the direct answer. 
whether it is the right site um, really is still subjective. Uh, we don't know that the right site's ever being selected. But if I could be the answer site for something that I'm giving away, and it's a one-liner, I'm less worried about that. I don't think I'm giving away so much information. Now, if that one-liner were the entire content of my page, uh, then nobody has to visit my page. And I think that would have some sort of negative consequence. I do not know in particular where this is going to impact mobile search. I think mobile is going to be one of the more interesting segments. For instance, uh, Google has started, believe it or not, at the top of the mobile page, they are now showing one organic result above the pay-per-click results. That, yeah, that was last night. Hmm. Uh, it just came out. And that means that on a mobile device, at least the whole world isn't going to hate Google if you're a webmaster. I mean, but it also means that SEO just became vital. And if they were to show the answer there above the pay-per-click instead, then I want to be that answer. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is a long-winded answer to the answer. But um, I, I really think that no matter what, you're going to have to be a player. Um, on mobile devices, uh, it wasn't that long ago, and David, you can comment on this, it, that Google just changed from two pay-per-click results to three pay-per-click results at the top of the mobile device. That's right. Something I love. Well, as a pay-per-click person, I think that is something you love. <laughs> As an organic person, we originally perceived that it pushes SEO down to where you'd have to scroll on your mobile device to see the first organic result. And once you're there and you read pay-per-click, uh, more than half the people still don't know it's pay-per-click anyhow. So uh, pay-per-click is how Google makes money. If they move one organic result up, the satisfaction may go up on a mobile device for users. Um, but we don't know if that's going to be an answer box. We don't know what's going to be there in 27% of all queries. So we'll have to see how it works. So when you saw this, did you see it? Did you read a like search engine roundtable piece on it? There was a, an initial announcement. Yes, I think it was SEJ. Uh-huh. I'm not positive. Uh, all I know is they had some uh, screenshots, and it was definite. And... Uh, if you had site links, that's the interesting part. If you had site links on a mobile device, it still showed up. So that was interesting. You got it with the site links. On mobile, an organic result can take up a whole screen if it has site links and other kind of... Yeah, that that's why it was so surprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all believe Google is in the business of making money, as they should. I mean, it's a public company. That's their obligation to their shareholders. The fact that they would put an organic result that does not generate revenue above the pay-per-click on a mobile device has to be an A-B test of some sort, at the very minimum. And it is designed to find out if the satisfaction with Google results on a mobile device would go up because you do have organic results. Certainly, Google doesn't do anything without testing it. So that's a test or they're finding that Satisfaction is important, and three ads maybe need a little more mix. 
But in a pay-per-click world, we still know that now you have to be in the top three pay-per-click positions to be a player at that level. That's right. Uh, We're out of time today. You can visit our blog to get more great information. Simply go to bruceclay.com slash blog. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And tell us what you thought of the show by reviewing the podcast on iTunes, which you can do by going to semsynergy.com slash iTunes. Now be sure to join us next time on SEM Synergy. And Happy New Year to all of our listeners. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.